Hey everyone, I'm Sean. And I'm Tiff. And today on season three, episode eight of The Random Division, Tiff, what are we talking about? War Damn Eagle. War Damn Eagle. All right, also we're going to Auburn. The Bachelor Hometowns Edition. Yep. I think, uh, do you think Peter created a lot of enemies having uh, done the whole Roll Tide thing last year? And now suddenly he's rocking Auburn gear. He's dating women from both schools. I think it's forgiven. He's from okay. California. Okay. Just wonder, where, do we know where he went to school? No, we don't. I think he, we know he grew up in L.A., though, right? It's not like it wasn't a late movement in his life. Anyways, War Eagle. And um, I, I think, think you... Do you want to dive into some adjacent Bachelor news before... We start talking about hometowns. Are you talking about the um, promo of the ba- the Bachelor's new musical show? Yeah, so we talked about that last week, and they had some commercials um, this week. Not really, didn't best, really grab me. Best meme of last night, though. There was a pretty. There was a. There were a couple funny ones of people uh, grabbing pictures of folks looking at TVs or sitting on couches, angry, and Jed pretty much. Feeling like he was a year behind. Yeah. And it would have been perfect for Jed. <laughs> yep. So I actually thought maybe we could um, tiptoe into our social media gossip chamber. Okay. Again, like we did last week. Great. Because I spent some time on Reddit. You did. Last you night. spent a lot of time after the episode diving. Yes, because and I think I think the reason I did this was it was my coping mechanism against Victoria F getting Arose. Yeah, it was how you had to process all that. I had nonsense. to find there. I was like, there must be some sort of reason out there in the internet that explains all of this for us. So, aside from Victoria F, I found some little tidbits, some little informational nuggets that are probably just gossip, but I thought it would be interesting to share. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting. So, there's a lot of speculation. I think it's mostly humorous speculation, not meant to be taken seriously, that Natasha is a producer plant. Oh. Because Natasha's the only grown-up on the show, but she also seemed to be the one that stayed out of a lot of the drama. Okay. While also getting people to talk about things or stirring the pot occasionally. Yep. Um, she just, she seems wonderful. We've already, you yeah. already want, you Natasha voted her for Bachelorette. For, yeah, you want her for Bachelorette. So I went to, she has a, um, I guess I would call it like a CV website uh, called NatashaWorks.com. It's just her professional like page. It's her, yeah. like, she's anti-LinkedIn and she just, she she just her does own, her own page. She like, has professional resume on her, on her webpage, which yeah. is, I think, what people in her sector do. She works in, like, media production. Mm. Right, um, so probably freelancer, freelancing and stuff, too. Like, yeah, production management. Like, she's worked for HBO. I mean, keep in mind, oh, she's from New York City. Yep. Yeah. So she's in that world. Um, so on her website, she lists the CBS show, The Doctors, as a show that she's worked on. Okay. Well, it turns out that Julie LaPlaca, who is the producer that I think everyone was speculating ends up with Peter. Yes. Yep. So she worked as an associate producer on the CBS show The Doctors for three episodes back in 2011-2012. Okay. Probably there's no crossover between the two of them because they did different things. Let's not net, let's not let facts get in the way of a good story, too. Right, right. But 
But I thought it was like I thought it was funny that there have been memes associating with associating Natasha with being a producer plant. Yeah. And it actually turns out she does have a producer connection yeah. to The Bachelor. And a media background, too. And a media back- background. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's something that was just for you. I got that for you. Okay, thank you. I don't think Natasha will be The Bachelorette. I don't think she will either. That, that wasn't my intention last week, trying to drum up a... Uh, there should be a Bachelorette caucus. We should get some sort of... You can go, and there are six or seven nominees... Now we go through a process where the people vote. Let's just have a let's have a vote. That I mean that works for some shows, right? Yeah, let's pick six like bachelorettes. Idol? Yeah, not even put them head to head. Just six, and then the top three go to the final, and then those three get voted. And you, I mean, how many people are on Twitter that can? Would vote? you put them through competitions? No, I would just. They've already been through the competition. They were on the show. Okay. That's the competition. Okay. Maybe a debate. A lot of pageant girls. The debate would be... <laughs> amazing. It, it could be either amazing or just incredibly dull. Um, okay, sorry to interrupt. Okay. ABC, this year, for the contestants, apparently had updated the contracts that now the contestants have to wait three months after the show ends in order to openly promote companies... Mm. On their Instagram accounts or social media pages. So before they can start selling gummy hair bear, gummy bear hair treats, they have to wait three months until after the show is over. So have we reached that point just about? Oh, after the the show airs, I see. Not after it finishes. Yes. Yes. Not the shoot, but the airing of it. So I thought that was interesting just because of the way that Kelly was really throwing shade at these girls who clearly wanted to be, they either already were influencers or they just wanted to enhance their brand. And the same thing goes for Tammy, where Tammy was talking about, I'm already, I already have a career. I already have a job. Yeah, right. And those two people got villainized in a way. Yep. For calling out people for... For not being there for the right reasons. ABC is directly addressing that as like clearly... Yeah. It's an issue. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I thought was interesting, um, there was a post on Reddit about supposedly there's somebody who was connected to a producer that just listed a bunch of bullet point items, um, like background details about the show. Some of it was interesting. Some of it you could have guessed. One that I thought was worth sharing. Mm -hmm. It was something that we already commented on and we both speculated. And I think everybody speculated that it was producer instigated was Hannah Ann and the Champagne Gate incident. Um, oh, yeah. This Reddit poster stated that Hannah Ann actually did get really upset with one of the producers that had her open Kelsey's champagne bottle, and that's the reason that we never really got to see the outright reconciliation of Hannah Ann and Kelsey because so much of that conversation included them talking badly about this producer who set them up. Yep. And once they realized that the producers were working against them to make them enemies, they sort of vowed to be friendly with each other. And obviously they didn't have any ill will towards each other anyway. They're very close on the show and you can see it. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. So Hannah was apparently, Hannah Ann was supposed to be like the villain for this season. Mm -hmm. But because that happened so early in the show, she just shut down and was not really listening to the producers 
um, and wasn't trust. Well, she wasn't trusting them. She lost trust in them. So another thing that stood out to me in that Reddit post that you read, you read it out loud to me last night was um, on Hannah Ann and how they were trying to angle it for her to be the villain was to create group dates that she would be really good at um, that were centered around modeling, modeling so that she would win the uh, group dates or just just be better than the other girls or have an edge on the other girls. Um, so that's like, that's something that if we had said that last year, if I had come up with that idea, you would have thought it was ridiculous or the other way around. Like really they're manipulating, they're like picking dates to identify a villain. Like the villain just kind of at least arrives somewhat organically, (laughs) but clearly ABC was trying to find one Yeah. and then failed. And that's, I think part of why this season was a little bit of a mess. Well, that's part of it. The There's also a lot of uh, Bachelor fans, Bachelor Nation is getting upset with the fact that Victoria F. had so many skeletons in her closet that they must have known about before mm-hmm. casting. Just if you looked at her social media pages, if you looked at her, I don't know, criminal background, arrest history. Yeah. That's not to say that she's a criminal. She has one thing that the media has picked up on recently, and that's that she had a DUI, which so many people have had DUIs. Yeah, and then they release her mugshot, which... Yeah, it's... No one has a good mugshot. No, it's... And she was young. I mean, it would have happened when she was probably 23. Yep. Yeah, it was 2017. So, I mean, I'm not saying that you should drink and drive. It's dangerous and horrible, but I think that I know of a lot of... 22 through 23 year olds who have had that happen yeah and that came out like yes we're doing this on a tuesday that came out the afternoon before the hometown it felt like some sort of haymaker for victoria um on the the like when it seemed like she was going to get kicked off the show based on everything that they were showing so it all kind of came together in a way that kind of like i'm not gonna i don't feel bad for victoria at all (laughs) but it is just like a very, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of stuff that she does have in her past that you would have thought. The White Lives Matter, which wasn't at all affiliated with the actual White Lives Matter campaign. It was about fish and Marlin fish in particular, but it was just a poorly designed marketing campaign. Yeah, really bad. Um, So there's that. And she, she released a statement recently apologizing for that. She did. And there has also been so many rumors that, they they come back to haunt her in this episode that we're going to be discussing, um, which is that she's destroyed her friends' relationships right. because she has been somewhat of a quote unquote homewrecker. Yep. Um. So she doesn't have the best background, and a lot of this would have been discovered by a producer deep dive. So then there's this distrust happening with so many of the fans that. The producers kind of planted her there knowing that this is going to be, she's going to be problematic. So anyway, all of that, be, with that being said. So I have a couple things I just oh, want to, I, I think, I think it's are worth talking about in the Bachelor world that have been going on. Um, first off, we have, we had two breakups in the last month. One uh, most recently this week. Two Bachelor in Paradise couples, Crystal, uh, Crystal and Goose, or Chris and Crystal, right? Chris, Chris and Crystal, but his nickname was Goose. was Goose, yes, because um, he wanted to be a silly goose on the 
on Bass from Paradise. So he, they uh, divorced. Is that right? They got they, they got a got divorce because they did get married. Now it's Yahoo that's reporting that. I don't know how likely they are. Definitely separating. Yeah, mutually divorce separated is a legal construct. So I've always had a hard time with this. I've read many different uh, articles that have said that the that the Bachelor in Paradise weddings are not actually legal binding marriages. Yeah. So even though I know Chris Harrison has said he's ordained to give, to, to, to legally marry somebody, I've, I w- was reading that technically these are not legal marriages with a wedding, uh, what do you call it, certificate, license? Yeah, wedding license, right? Is that what we have? Yeah, that's what we have, right? We have yeah. it somewhere around here. Yeah. Um, so that's what threw me off when I was reading that they were divorced. I was like, wait, so they actually did legally get married? They took the extra step? To get legally married. I think they were married. I think they got married before the Bachelor in Paradise episode. So they were married and then they just did that as a thing in Mexico where they could have this. It was, I mean, it was on the same resort as the the Bachelor in Paradise uh, season was being filmed. That they had all those contestants or people or whatever we call them right, at, the, at the wedding and created that whole John Paul Jones meltdown. Um, but I think they had they also got married because they had some posts on Instagram where they yes, intimated right. that they actually got married. It wasn't, it yeah. wasn't just... Um, anyways. Who was the other couple? Then? So then a, a couple weeks ago, we didn't talk about it, but uh, Grocery Store Joe and oh, um, Kendall, Kendall they broke, broke up. up. Yes. So I think we'll probably be seeing one of them in paradise, I would bet, coming up. Oof, that that's not that's too soon. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I wouldn't be surprised if Grocery Store Joe shows up back in paradise. See, I would I could see her going back before him. Really? Just because he seemed to be a lot more sensitive. Yeah. Maybe. I think so, that one of them will be back. So have you read Bachelor in Paradise? Like, no, spoilers? that's just that's just that's just my gut feeling on that. So, how do you want to approach this mess of a show? We I think have, we just go hometown to hometown. You want to start in Knoxville with Hannah Ann. Let's start in Knoxville. Let's uh, can I chat about Hannah Ann? Can I at least explain the film dates for each town, even though? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, do you think it'd be interesting to talk about? the hometown dates in the order that they were actually filmed or the order that ABC sh- like aired them? Um, uh, that's a, let's, I don't know. Okay. You should have talked about this beforehand. I know, I just, question. I just thought of it. Let's do it in the order they filmed it. Okay. Let's do it in the I order think that could give it. us a different perspective than yep. how we were viewing it let's last do it. night. All right. So... It's been confirmed that ABC was filming the hometown dates from October 26th, 2019 to November 1st, 2019. And they started with Madison and Auburn, uh, October 26th. Then they went on to Victoria F. in Virginia Beach, October 28th. It's a Saturday and then a Monday. How you know that? Because my mom's birthday is on the 27th and it's a Sunday. And your birthday is on the 20th, which is on a Sunday beforehand. You're so right. I yeah. should have actually been able to do that. Yep. Um, okay. Hannah Ann in Powell, Tennessee, October 30th. 
and Kelsey in Des Moines, Iowa, November 1st. Okay, so he went like Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Just every other day he was at a hometown. Yes. Which so, also, when doing this in order with the way they filmed it will be good just to put a perspective of where his mind was with each date. Exactly. Yep. So let's start with Madison and Auburn. All right. All right. Let's do it. We land. Auburn, Alabama's beautiful campus, or University of Auburn's beautiful campus. Um, this is going to be an easy date because Peter is already in love with Madison. Yes. He has shared that already. He has already shared it. She has not said it to him, but he's definitely smitten with her. Um, and this date centers around Auburn basketball. Yeah. And right. Yeah, really Auburn basketball. Yeah, I was going to say sports in general, but it was just, it was Auburn. Because Auburn, because Auburn, because Auburn, Madison's dad. Yep. Who Twitter was confusing with her brother. I thought it was her brother when they showed the, the, there was an ad leading out of one of the other hometowns where he said she's pure. And I thought, we both thought it was weird. And I was like, they're a brother saying that about a sister is is weird. And then people on Twitter were saying fathers shouldn't be talking about a daughter's purity. It's it's just kind of like cringeworthy. And I thought, holy cow, that's her father. He looks yep. very young. He does look young. She's the oldest um, of three. So she's 23. So, I mean, he could be in his early 40s. 40s. He could. Maybe mid-40s. He's been coaching, did a little research on his coaching career. He's been coaching since like 1995. What team, where was he before Auburn? Oh, he's coached at, so we went to, I think he went to Troy State, which is also in Alabama, and he coached there for a little bit. He coached a lot of high school basketball. He's a pretty well-decorated coach. Mm-hmm. Bunch of state championships, high school state championships. Um, he's the director of operations right now for the Auburn basketball team, which kind of just means he, it seems like he runs scouting and kind of whatever the team or the program really needs. So he's kind of a jack of all trades, but he's kind of worked his way up to the ranks. He's it's actually pretty impressive <laughs> when I looked at it. Yeah. I mean, I, his daughter can really play. I can tell yeah. you that. Yep. Madison is pretty impressive on the court. Yep. She definitely outshines Peter. Yep. Oh yeah, for with sure. Dribbling. Yes. Yeah. So they go into the court. Uh, they both put on jerseys and they start goofing around and, uh, Bruce Pearl shows up. Yes. So Bruce Pearl is is yelling at them to do certain drills. Yep. Madison's doing it way better than Peter, which <laughs> yeah. I appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also has some white, I don't know, old man wisdom to give them, like be kind to each other. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know. Bruce Pearl, I, I should maybe watch Auburn basketball more than I do, but I don't. I'm not really familiar with the team. Um, I'll you shouldn't. Him. You shouldn't worry about watching Auburn basketball. There are they like fine. I mean, last year they were. They were in the final four yeah, last they were year, in the final four. and they're in the. Top, I think they're in the top ten this year. They're. I mean, they're good, but you don't even watch Ohio State basketball. You start I know. start with your alma mater and I then work know. your way around the around the rest of the country. Uh yeah. So he's also. Uh, I don't want to turn this into a basketball podcast, but he's not the greatest guy in the world. Um. He's, he's kind of left some programs uh, in disre- disrepair and uh, like st- under sanctions because of because of some stuff that he's done recruiting wise. Um, and you could kind of tell in his little uh, he had a couple little monologues where he just 
just turned on his like recruiting voice and yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like basketball coach, college basketball coaches have this for me, like a used car salesman vibe to all of them because they're constantly just selling themselves and their program and they're constantly trying to convince more so than the football player, football coaches. But and we also had Charles Barkley show up. Yes, we did. Who kind of via video, via just pre-recorded audio and video. Yeah. My the one thing I wrote about this date was that Peter says he's really good at half court shots and then he misses it. <laughs> it doesn't just miss it. It, it wasn't like, even close. Even... He also threw it like a baseball, which is like questionable tactic when you're just throwing it half court. Um, but yes, that was that was very funny. That was very funny. Uh, he had a th- he had a three. They played a little one on one. Yeah. Uh, he had a he three pointer. He scored some baskets, and Madison beat him, I guess. But we didn't really see all of her all of her baskets. But I believe it. Yeah, I Although, believe it. Even though Peter had eight inches on her. Yeah. Could have. Could have been could have been better on Peter's part. I kind of thought this was a cool date. Yes. The, I like if Agreed. I was on this date, I would have been pretty pumped to be in like he looked excited. a huge it SEC very- basketball gym. Shooting hoops, like meeting the head coach, having Charles Barkley leave you a like voice message. Yeah, it also felt like a date that kind of was up Peter's alley because he's a little bit of a he's a little bit of like he likes sports and yeah, um, and he can hang. I mean, he can't really hang, but he thinks he can hang. Um, I think it was the perfect pre-family dinner date for them. Yes, and it also identifies it's it's who she is. It's part of her identity. She grew up with this and she also played yep so it's just it makes it made sense it didn't feel artificial in any way it felt like this is the right thing like if they were actually just dating and she was really bringing him home for the first time that's yep. something that they would probably do maybe not that hyped up with charles barkley yeah like, bruce like pearl's doing... not gonna show up to your date but yeah pretty cool uh, uh made out on the uh, and then they made out at the at center court at the end on the ground which was a little bit on the ground again yeah, more horizontal again, kissing more, more horizontal making out um not sure how the auburn team felt about that moment where they've got mm. some 28 year old dude making out with the coach's daughter <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we move on to dinner with the fam uh-huh we do um I don't, I'm not going to go into all the details about this. There were some cringeworthy moments. I actually thought it would be fun if at the end of this, we could just list our like top five cringeworthy moments of this whole show. Cause there were so many. Of this episode. Oh, sorry. That's of what this I meant. episode. Of yeah. this whole episode. Yep. Um, but let's first dive into dinner and the tradition, the family tradition at Madison's house of the special plate. Yeah. What were your thoughts on this? I thought it was sweet. I did too. I, like, I didn't hate it. Um, I love close families, and they're a close-knit family, and I, I, I really respect that and admire it. It also struck me as something that Peter's family would do. Exactly. Their right? families would totally, in, in when it comes to like having really sweet family traditions, dinner, spending dinner time with your family, um, which is not really as common as people think it is. Right. Just sitting around the dinner table. Uh, I think that their families would mesh well. Yeah. As long as he doesn't have sex with his daughter before they get married and And then all bets are off. As long as maybe, I would assume, religion and politics are not discussed. Yep. And then just say your grace and toast with your sweet tea. Yeah. 
call it a night. It did also feel like that was a normal, uh, it, it felt like a normal thing, whereas a lot of, sometimes the hometowns, and maybe it's because you get people who are like aunts and uncles who are there as well, it feels more like an event. And this just felt like we have an extra person, we have an extra plate of food yes. at, at our table that we always, we always have dinner like this um, or do it pretty regularly. So it felt normal and just kind of like a, another night, another dinner with the Pruitts. Yeah. Yeah. So Madison gets selected for the special plates. What this tradition entails is that one person at the dinner will get the special plate. And if they get the special plate, then each person has to go around the table and say something special about whoever has the plate. Mm -hmm. So, of course, because Madison's home, Mm -hmm. Madison gets the special plate and everyone has to go around the table and say something special about Madison. Mm -hmm. I loved this. I just think it's very sweet. I really, really like this tradition. Um, And I only really noted what her dad said about her, which was, you're so thoughtful and so intentional. The only reason I'm bringing that up is because you're so intentional is something that Peter actually wrote in his love note to Hannah. Oh. But he hasn't visited Hannah yet. No. Just sit with that for a second. I'll let it sit. So then they do a prayer. Oh, so it's a word that Peter used for Hannah. So, yes. I see. So you're, you're right. You're, you're thinking like, did Peter steal that word? Yeah. And plug, like hear it and put it away. Like I'm going to save that for later. Yes. Because <laughs> <not> he, a... <laughs> he then, cause remember the first date that ABC shows us is mm-hmm. Hannah Ann's date. Yeah. And in that date where we'll go into this later, he returns Hannah's love letter by writing a, a list of things that he loves about her. Yep. And the, one of the very first items was how intentional, intentional you, you are. are. Okay. Very Just, interesting. That's the only reason I wrote it down. I was like, wait a second, where have I heard intentional? Yeah. Um, okay. So they do the prayer mm-hmm. and then they, they say a toast. I think Peter gives a very generic toast. And Chad, which is Maddie's dad, mm-hmm. points out that they are toasting with sweet tea. I don't know what to make of that. Are they a dry house? They might be. Which is totally fine. A hundred. I'm totally okay with that. I think your mom would have us be a dry house when we have dinner there if she could help it. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. But so I understand it. But the look on Peter's face. I'm trying to make a connection. I'm trying to make a connection to Victoria F's introduction to Peter at the beginning of this whole season, where she said her sense of humor is dry. That was Victoria F that said that. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was Victoria F. who said that joke. But that was. But then she had to remind him of the joke yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was her. It was her because she cried. Uh, maybe it wasn't. I'll, I'll go back and check my notes. Sorry, I was just trying to come up with some sort of joke because you said it was a dry house, and well, I just thought of that. that I don't joke. think it was Victoria F. We maybe can it wasn't. we can fact check that later. Um, okay. So mom and Madison get together, and. Um, the mom is pretty realistic about the situation. She she just wants to make sure that Madison has had an opportunity to talk about the decision that she's made to remain a virgin until marriage. Yep. That was kind of the main point of mom's talk with Madison. Yep. And Madison just says that she hasn't told him yet. Now, Dad and Peter, this was maybe 
This was definitely cringeworthy. Okay. So Peter is very careful with how he approaches Madison's father. He explains that he has already expressed that he's falling in love with her, with Madison. And the dad automatically retorts with, how can you prove to me that's genuine? Yep. It's tough. It's tough. 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 How do you answer that? I think that's a tough question for even if Peter was in a position where he was only dating Madison and walked in the house and said that, like, what, how do you answer that question when you're asked by a parent, like, how can you prove that it's genuine? Well, I guess you would say, I've known you for long enough that I would hope you could believe me. Right. Right. But they've known each other for 30 seconds. Yeah. So he's, that this is where the time comes in. And when you're a family like the Pruitts, that matters. Um, and it matters for because he can't say like I'm planning on I love her enough that I'm I'm planning on proposing or like I have right right? like there's nothing that Peter can do or say (laughs) to convince him of this and he knows it because he has no response (laughs) so Madison's dad I'd rather call him that than Chad I don't know why I can't call him Chad Madison's dad is Chad yeah well, Chad is also has a has a rough connotation it in does. this with um what's his face from a few seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Chad's fault. It's just the it's name a tough Chad. Name. It's a tough name. Yep. Um so in his in the moment, he says that both Madison and Peter have a lot to learn about each other, and I think that's a very fair assessment. Yep. They still have a lot to learn about each other. I'm not very comfortable with the fact that he did mention, you already discussed this a little bit, that she is so pure. And yeah. that's a reason that he's concerned with Peter's intentions because Madison is so pure. That word just has, I don't know. I, I, to me, it has such a negative connotation coming from a uh, 40-something-year-old man. Yes. And knowing what we know about Madison, it does not come from a place of like um, – a purity of it doesn't feel like it's she's a pure soul or like right. uh and you probably wouldn't use that word but the fact that we know that she is a virgin which peter doesn't know not yet um and that is the word that he chooses makes it makes it very icky because you know that he's talking directly about her virginity mm-hmm. and not about anything with regards to her character or anything else like that's the word he chose and that's really like the only word he used to describe her that i can that think they of sh- there that was they were showing yeah. yeah intentional um which i also think is kind of like another you know talking that that directly speaks to the choices that she makes yeah um her purity is another thing that like is the choice or the choices that she's making and I don't know. It just feels... These are all wonderful things that Madison has decided for herself. Yeah. It's just that it's coming from her dad. It's the patriarchal edge to it. That bothers me. Yeah, for sure. And and I think the, the father asks some good questions, and he is not combative. He is not unkind to Peter. He's not... um, 
like brushing off the whole thing. It's just more like, I'm going to meet this guy and I'm going to ask him some questions that I think he should be asked. But I didn't get the sense that he was um, a jerk. No. Did you? Yeah, right? I like. No, I, I didn't, didn't get that sense. I just think he was asking the questions that it really like any father would ask. It's just his view of his daughter. It's a little bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. And then you throw in the sweet tea and... And, uh, I don't know. I, okay. So Madison tells her dad that she really wants his approval of the relationship. Um, unfortunately, her dad really can't give that approval. There's not enough time. He can't determine whether or not Peter's a great fit. He doesn't really know Peter. Right. It's very, it's a fair assessment. Um, so Madison and her in the moment says, tonight brought me back to harsh reality which is a bit of a downer. Uh, Peter does say he loves Madison. Of course, we kind of knew that. And Madison says there are a lot of unknowns. So that's really all that I wrote for their date. Do you have anything that you want to add to? No, Peter said, so yeah, Peter said, I love Madison. Yeah, he did. To the, to the, in the ITM. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's yeah i guess that's kind of it it was it these dates went very quickly yes. until we get to victoria p yes. or victoria f just just for the they were we were done with these first three dates by within the hour so we didn't get like a whole a whole lot um behind any of them really until right. until the one we're about to talk about right because victoria was next in this order that we're doing yes here. so so you're peter you, you're just leaving Auburn. Yep. You didn't have the best conversation with Madison's dad, but it was okay. They seemed nice enough. Yep. You enjoyed the date. You know how you feel about Madison. You're pretty high on that feeling. And then you're flying to Virginia Beach. Yep. And let's get into that date. Yeah, so she shows up at a beach, and they have their little leg wrap greeting. Um the dog is running around like a crazy animal, and the, Victoria doesn't really seem to care much about... My favorite moment was that when they greeted each other, they start making out, and the dog is like, see ya, and goes out into the ocean. Books it. Finds some man swimming in the water and starts splashing <laughs> around on I don't want to be hanging him. around with yeah, those get, people. I'm out of here. And um, then they wander the boardwalk, which is quiet because as you said it is october 28th it is a monday in the fall in virginia beach it's not uh it's not the hopping time that the summer would be on the boardwalk and they go in and they do like an old-timey photo uh shoot these are popular in the south and out west of course but yeah and i like this was such a juxtaposition to what happens later on the date because Victoria F actually looked comfortable and like she was having fun and like a kind of just normal date that you might go on with uh, somebody when you're like first dating. Yeah, well, even Peter comments to Victoria that she seems at ease. Yep. Um, And and she even admitted that too. She did. She says that she feels that she can finally be herself around him. Yep. So they snap some pictures, looking like they're, uh, you know, 1863, circa, as we find out later on. Um, So then they head over to the shack on 8th, 
And there we will find Hunter Hayes, who she did not have sexual relations with mm-hmm. prior to the show. Yep. And Hunter Hayes. No exes on this date, right? No exes. Oh, oh. Well, not so fast. <laughs> Hunter Hayes singing the song, I Want Crazy. Now, I'm a big country fan. You're not so much. But let me just break down the lyrics of this song that Peter and Victoria were singing loudly. Uh Uh-huh. I don't want easy. I want crazy. Mm -hmm. And at one point after Peter sings that line, Victoria F. says, are you sure? Yeah. Because, well, they, they showed them dancing and enjoying the song while Hunter Hayes was playing it. And then after that all happened, they just had Peter singing the song jokingly with Victoria, which was another cringeworthy moment because mm. Peter cannot sing. Uh, and then the words that he's singing, it's like, Peter, this is, it's not funny. <laughs> like, this is not a, it's not funny. I don't understand why you're embracing all of well, these. It's just like the puppet strings, like the the producer puppet strings. They're like, oh, what song could we get? this completely Mm because they're seeing this all unfold Mm -hmm. oh it's incredible so at this point victoria in her in the moment says that she feels so comfortable with the way the date went um the other girls can basically just go home now like she's going to be marrying peter yeah she's very very confident totally different than how she's acted throughout the most most of the season yeah we've seen like little glimpses of her like this but golly this was like the most excited and comfortable yes yeah so now we now we get as as everyone as victoria i think has already left after they're supposed to be leaving like they're supposed to both be transported somewhere else following the concert and you see this blurred out woman yep who yells after peter peter recognizes her her name's marissa and he's like oh so you're from Virginia Beach. I forgot. Yeah. And she's like, You know who didn't? The producers. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're from here. I totally forgot. So you're back here. And she's like, Yeah, I've been back here for a couple years now. And um, you start to pick, put together that they have dated before. So she must have lived in LA at some point. She did. So at one, one of the things that she says to him, by the way, he's wearing this leather jacket. And she says, is this the same leather jacket I bought home? I bought from Guess when I worked there? Oh, did she say I bought or he bought? Or maybe he bought. I think it was that you bought from Guess while I worked there. Almost like he was, yeah. that's how they met or he would go into their store to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just imagining Peter wearing a Guess leather jacket. <laughs> Peter, he, he Peter has reached uh, what someone who I listen to is called the Tyson Zone where there was a point where Mike Tyson, whatever he did, it was not a surprise. Peter has reached that point for me. Like, there is nothing, there is nothing about Peter that would surprise me anymore. Leather jackets from guests, yes, I believe it. He's in the Tyson zone. (laughs) Uh, So we come to find out through this exchange that Peter and Marissa knew each other back in 2012. They dated each other. Yep. Still, her face is blurred this whole time, which is very unnerving. <laughs> yes. God, there are so many memes on Twitter yeah. about Bachelor this. Protection Program. Yes. Yep. Um, 
it, essentially what she's telling Peter is that she cares about him. She understands that at this point, if he's on a hometown date with Victoria, it's serious and he wants her to know that she actually knows Victoria mm-hmm. from a mutual friend mm-hmm. and that she has uh, broken up many relationships and not really doesn't really elaborate on this but marissa pence i believe is her name she has had several interviews with different media outlets or maybe just one that's been replicated multiple times that where she's she's elaborated more on this story and she's explained that i mean did, did you read any of that so the thing what i read was so she dated one of victoria's exes i believe was oh, how see, she was pulled into this she was like friendship ring with one of her Victoria's exes. Okay. She said that the first time she met Victoria, that Victoria threatened her. She threatened to slash her tires because was she was I, hanging out with her ex. Yeah, which is just like that's Carrie Underwood, bro. Come on. Yeah, but that's like also twenty two. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just kidding. So that's all I know that she was hanging out with an ex. Okay, or Victoria felt threatened by her and decided to threatened to, at least when I saw, slash her tires. So she said that three weeks prior to Victoria F., this is another, Marissa has said this story, that three weeks prior to Victoria F. leaving to film The Bachelor, that it was their mutual friend's birthday, and they were all out celebrating their mutual friend's birthday. Okay. And that the entire time Victoria was making the whole night about herself, that she was calling attention to herself because she was having this attitude like, do you know who I am? I'm going to be on the show. Yep. Very exciting. I think anybody who would be cast on the show would be like pumped and want to celebrate with their friends because it's kind of, it's crazy that you're going to be on, you're going to be mini famous basically. Yeah, millions of people watch the show. So, uh, so that kind of rubbed her the wrong way. She was like, this, you know, it was our friend's birthday and she's making it all about herself. Then she also has said that Victoria F has... I guess had a relations with married men. Yep. But they were her friends' husbands, and that she's actually attended those weddings. Yep. And then somehow had an, a some sort of relationship with the husband. Yep. So that's not good. Not good. Not good stuff. And that's something that Reality Steve actually reported on way before the show aired. Yeah, we've talked about it on here before. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, again, it's speculation. According to Victoria F. on her Instagram, she's denied it and said that it's all just rumors and that the rumors are untrue. So take that for what you will. Um, Either way, not great. It's enough that Marissa wanted to let Peter know these are the things that are going on with her and maybe you should be careful. And, of course, this doesn't put Peter in the greatest mood. Uh, he's in, yep, he's, he's in another be, mood. Yep. Headspace, I think, is the word he used. Um, yes. So now we get to where Peter gets to roll up to Victoria F.'s family home feeling this way. Mm-hmm. Really uneasy, very bothered, like anybody would be if they got that bombshell dropped on them. Yep. He clearly is going to want to talk to her. Yep. So. Can, I, ask, can I ask you a question about yes. this? So Pete, the choice Peter makes is to address it before they go into the house. Do you think that he should have waited? That's, that's my question. It is, was the timing that he 
chose the right time. Do you, I, I think for Peter, it probably was because there's no way he would have been able to be in that house with her because he's a little bit of a head case and this stuff sits with him differently. But like, would you just be able to swallow the information you got and go in and spend time with her family and get like that side of her? I know he didn't know that he was never going to go in and meet the family, but like you have to think the way she reacts to everything. Maybe you just go through it the evening and find another opportunity to talk to her kind of like they did the next day. Yeah. I don't know. What would you do? I, that's actually tough because I think it would depend on how upset I was yeah. by the news. So in this particular case, so if I had heard that and I had any reason to think that it would be potentially untrue or exaggerated, I would have just sat on it. I yeah. would have just been like, you know what? It's somebody's rumor. It's somebody's speculating it's, it's, you know, it's probably not completely true. I'll address it with her later. I'm going to meet her family first and try to get, make my own impression of where she comes from and who her friends are and how this could work. And then I'll bring it up. But if, it, if I heard it and it sounded very true and very convincing and it, it would probably really upset me and I wouldn't be able to move forward with meeting somebody's family if I if I didn't know what their response to it would be. Yeah, he also didn't know that he wasn't going to see the family. Like I think he, well, yeah, there's I think so he got, many unknowns. I think he was surprised by her reaction to the whole to the whole thing, which is, uh, I I think I would sit on it. I would just, I'm also non-confrontational, so it would have taken me uh, a little bit of time to like drum up the energy to actually talk to her about it. I think um, there's also there's a part of me that sometimes thinks. And this is not me in any way defending Victoria F. But when you have a dating, I think everybody makes mistakes in their dating past. Yeah. Uh, some way more than others, obviously. And I think that when you make the decision to be with somebody, yeah, I get like red flags and there's things that you should look for that maybe that person won't be the best partner for you. But I think you can kind of say, well, that wasn't happening when we were dating something that she did I think you're hoping on some level that if you do bring it up that she will say yeah maybe I did this or whatever let's talk about this at another time and I'll dive into my history I'd rather not talk about that right now right because it's in the past and it's these are mistakes that I made or you don't know the full story there were other things that were involved um and whatever it might be I I just don't think that someone's dating history should be held against them right I agree and I get it that this is a competitive show. He had other contestants that maybe didn't have a negative track record, like Madison, for example. So, and when you look at it like that, it's like, well, he needs to know all the information up front. Yeah. But if this were just a regular organic relationship that were evolving, I would say this shouldn't be something that's totally held 100% against her. Right. I agree. I agree. Also, okay. This... <laughs> You wanted to just go in and talk about how she responded. Yeah, let's do it. So, okay, he's he doesn't want to go inside. He tells her that he needs to talk to her. And the way that he he enters into this conversation is by saying, you know how on your first date at the concert <laughs> you had an ex there? Well, today I had an ex there. Her name's Marissa. And her eyes, I think the name recognition. It was there. She was like, no. Oh, no. 
Yep. Not Melissa. Yep. And then you could see her wall going up. Well, and not only that, but she has to be panicking at that moment thinking Marissa clearly knows probably a lot more information than she gave. Right. Eight years worth. Yeah. Eight years worth of info. So then you have to think, what other things has Marissa said? And so you're just kind of like in your mind thinking, what can I do to shut this down? Yep. What can I say that would make Marissa look bad? Yep. But she doesn't do any of that, really. She nope. just deflects yep. the entire time. Um, doesn't even shut down the rumor. No. She, she just asks, asks for details. What relationships did I break up? Yep. Yep. And Peter, like, I don't know if I, if I was Peter, I wouldn't have asked Marissa, like, can you give me some names? That's a question that you typically would ask if it's a, in a circle that you know, like, I, I who, like who did this happen to because I know them and you can quickly just use their names mm-hmm. versus him being like, can you tell me the names of these strangers? Yeah. That, let me write this uh, down. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I would too. And she and Victoria was like angry that Peter didn't have details for her almost like sh- so she could then uh, tell him yes or no, because she could start to pick apart details instead of just this overarching, like, I've heard that you've kind of broken up some relationships and she, I think she was like, I, well, I, I, I have, but I can't like, I can't admit to what am yeah. I, what am I admitting to I if I say yes in this, in this situation? The other thing that bothers me about, again, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. It's not Victoria F that's breaking up marriages. Like it takes two to do it that. Does. It does. So we don't know both sides of the story. Um, but I think Peter was trying to get the he other was. side, and he Victoria was. took and it she, as he was she she was being attacked. She took it as you're you're placing a lot of value on this Marissa person, and you're going to believe her over me. Where Peter was like, "Well, you're not giving me information to counter what she's saying." I also have known her for longer. Yes, I bought a leather jacket at the guest shop she worked at. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I've known you for four weeks or five Eight weeks, years ago. and I knew I've known Marissa for long enough that when she like beckoned me, I stopped and was genuinely excited to see her, and had a conversation with her. Remembered her, had like little details. Like there were a lot of things there. He clearly trusted what she had to say, um, and like I don't know. I don't really blame Peter for trusting her because he knows her better than Victoria. <laughs> right. So the way that this conversation goes down, and I'm sure it was heavily edited, was basically Victoria whining that it's so much drama all the time yep. whenever they talk. And it just reminded me of that Big Mouth character. Yeah. That I think it's Nicole. Nicole her. plays like the, she's like a oh my God. big heavy blonde. Guys. <laughs> And so much drama all the time. Yeah. So Peter says, do you think I enjoy this? Um, I'm just asking for the truth. And she just shuts it down by saying, I have nothing to say to you right now. So her walking away and constantly saying, I have nothing to say. I'm so done. Things like that. Uh, it makes Peter wonder if Victoria ever will fight for him. Yep. And I think this really bothers him. She, in a different way from Kelly, she needs him, but she's very quick to say she doesn't want to deal with him. <laughs> right. Where Kelly was like, I don't need you at all, but I want to have fun with you. And that wasn't, that was a turn Did off not. for him. Yep. It's a different kind of 
it's like this fake, it's like being fake nonchalant. She's just, she is not chill at all. She is 100% like uh, hysterical. She's so wound up. Yeah. And ready to kind of pounce at any, any time things aren't going her way, it's an immediate, um, she goes zero to 60 and is upset. And she also like, I had, I had this like queasy feeling at one point because when he did say like, have, so like, are you ever going to be willing to fight or have you ever had anything that you've been willing to fight for? Cause she continues. And it's a theme of hers that she just leaves the situation. She, she just physically walk away. walks away. She'll say, I'm so done with this conversation and, or I don't even know what to say. And Peter challenges her. Uh, by saying like you keep walking away and she I just had like these moments of being in college and just out of college and having fights with girlfriends and the like where he says well I don't he gives an example of a time where she did run away and she's like really really (laughs) that oh really is that how it happened really and I, I was it was it just showed exactly how young they both are. I know, but I forgot she's 26. She just turned 26, yes. But I think think even that's like, that's young enough at this point where you can have those reactions. She, it felt like she was a little bit drunk. Like I actually was wondering if she uh, had a a lot to drink. Or or even just a couple drinks and just to like loosen up or if she was in with her family before she came out to see Peter. Yeah, of course, having a couple glasses of wine. Exactly, exactly. Which is fine, but it was just like her, her, the way she was talking and the way she reacted so quickly after such a good day. Um, So she runs off and then she comes back. She runs off, time passes, she comes back. There was no fence to jump. Peter somehow apologizes for... (laughs) making her feel attacked um it's just it's it's just such a theme with them she will stomp off and whine about something and then he'll apologize to her yep she's just gaslighting so i mean it's classic she tells peter (laughs) by the way she says this in like a I was gonna tell you I'm falling in love with you and right and then she says and how am i supposed to do that now it's like well you just you just did. But she does it in this way that's like, well, she knows that that's something he wants to hear. Oh, yeah. That's like Peter bait. Yep. That's how you catch the little Peter fish on your hook. Yep. And so, it worked. And it did. Uh, so uh, what my, my favorite, one of my favorite things about this exchange, when she whines, I was going to tell you I'm falling in love, he responds... Because, you know, she's like, you know, then you have to have this whole drop. There's it's always drama with you. I don't know why you have to attack me. And he's like, so hold on. I'm in the wrong here because I was concerned about what I had heard. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. You're getting mad at me because I felt concerned about something I heard about you. And I just asked you for clarification. Yep. Um, how are you just going to walk away now from this? Like, yep. this is just a simple question and answer. Right. She could, she could have, right. She could have answered like, that's, that's not true. Even if it was, and just, I I don't know. She could have lied and said she gets super defensive. (laughs) So, okay. After all of this goes down, I mean, remember they're like arguing in the street in her neighborhood. After all of this goes down and they come, they come together, they, they hug. I mean, 
they're sort of embracing each other. And Peter tells her, you deserve to be loved. Again. Don't push that away. So I want to touch, touch on this because when Peter said this, my, I actually felt sorry for Victoria. And I was like, okay, now I'm starting to get it. So it made me realize that Victoria probably has a lot of inner demons. I know that sounds maybe obvious to say, but when you dig into her family, and I only know this, this is why I told you I went on Reddit, because I was like, there has to be a reason. Something is up. And I'm, not, I'm. this is purely speculation, and this is a lot of me just putting my own family experience on I'm projecting onto Victoria here, or I'm at least trying to relate to her a little bit. I don't, I don't think I was a destructive person in relationships, but I could be, I I was young at one point and felt a little bit self-destructive in relationships. Um, she has, her mom has remarried. Mm -hmm. So her, her, the, the male figure was actually her stepdad and her biological father lives in Massachusetts or lives somewhere, not in Virginia. So she has two half siblings that are younger and then she has another brother that is from the, her mom's previous marriage too. So again, obviously just speculating here, but when Peter said, you deserve to be loved, it made me think she might be dealing with some damaged feelings or she might have had something that's happened to her that causes her to get really uncomfortable with intimate relationships and being close with people. And, you know, I can, I just, again, I just see this, this is not going to be a good relationship. This is not the right relationship for them when Victoria needs to iron a lot of this stuff out. It's not good for her. I don't think she's ready to be in a relationship is what I'm trying to say. No. And I don't, I think she needs to learn to love herself before she can really love Peter. Yep. And I think right the affection that she has received probably through most of her life, we have seen her earn that attention during parts of this season. Um, I'm almost positive she made that dry humor joke. But then like the modeling, the uh, Revolve show where she's, you know, being this kind of like, I'm really unsure about myself. And then she gets up on the runway in mm-hmm. lingerie and makes out with Peter in front of the entire audience. Um, she's just had these like very big swings in personality and um, like just the way she kind of, it's not even, it's just how she perceives herself continues to change and it's really complicated. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it just, she is a complicated she's person. She's complicated, yeah. And she's incredibly flawed. I think she should not have still be on the show. Um, I'm not defending her, but like there have been so many moments where it's like, oh, she's okay. This is, this is a Victoria. That's a like a possibility, like the one in the Photoshop. Yeah. And then there's the one on the stoop who is immediately defensive and runs away and then gaslights Peter. And the best moment was when she was like, if I keep running away, like, why are you still chasing me? Oh, <laughs> and Peter was Peter goes, what? <laughs> like you're not even making any sense. You thought that was a, like a point for you? I, I'm here because I like you. She didn't even she doesn't even see that. 
Like I, well, I am staying here and I'm, I'm chasing you and sticking around when you run away because I like you enough to do that. And also the object of this game is that you're supposed to chase after the lead. The lead isn't supposed to chase after you. Yeah. That's sort of how they build this whole show up. Yeah, but the last two Bachelors have not had that happen. The last two Bachelors have been dumped. The last two Bachelors have ended up, uh, uh, Colton and, and Peter, have felt like they're chasing these girls more than the girls are chasing them when it gets to the end. Um, so then we get to the next morning after they part ways, and we have like remorseful... Uh, rem- like I don't even know what another word is. Victoria, where she shows up and yeah, she, she comes. Looks- she comes knocking on his hotel door and wants to apologize for the previous night. She explains that she's falling in love with him, and Peter's response was, "I feel like you don't even want me to love you the way I want to love you." Yep. I mean, part of Peter's issue here, which. I don't think he understands how percentage works because he says that he believes that 99% of what they have is perfect, but there's 1% that terrifies him. And I don't know if that's, if I'm looking at the pie graph, if that's how I would divide it up, but you know, it's way off. It's a little bit off off. for me, but he says that, that their communication problems are a big issue for him. Okay. He gave like four incredibly disastrous reasons that this relationship can't work and he still kept her around. He's like, we can't communicate. You we, don't want me to love you the way I want you? Yes. Yeah. I think he said something about like, there's always drama surrounding us. Like all, he just checked off all the boxes that if there was one of those, you'd be like, I don't know if this is the person I should be dating. And they're all checked off in this case. He also, I think he said it to Kelly before she left, uh, that he kept her around because of the story. And I think Victoria has the same pull on him where he can potentially, he sees this working out in the end and he sees it being like, I'm going to be able to bounce our grandkids on our knee uh, or our, you know, we can be on a roller coaster with all even number of us. And I can talk about how, how, like how challenging it was to get your wife, your mother to love me or to, to like yeah. we got in all these fights it was so hard i think he i think he likes in in his mind having those stories to tell like on one date her ex showed up and he sang a song and we sang along and we had no idea yeah. and then and then you know what on another date my ex showed up and said that victoria is kind of a bad person <laughs> and we made it and we survived cuz like, i broke down those walls and she was super hot <laughs> yeah that passion fades peter Man, I just sexual attraction fades. Holy cow! So, um, so apology. Yeah, they apologize. He does. She does tell him, "I can't walk away from you." And he he asks, "Then why do you do it so often?" <laughs> Which is so fair. It's a fair question. So, at this point, later in their conversation, Victoria mentions something about how Peter had said that. The ball was in Victoria's court. I'm guessing that when he left after not meeting her parents, that he must have said something along the lines of like, well, the ball's in your court now. I'm going to go. Yeah. So she said that she just wanted to put the ball back in Peter's court by coming there. Yep. So kick it over to Peter, let him kick it on back. Um, And then she hands him their photo, which is... 
the old timey photo of the two of them with her dog. Um, on the back, it says first family photo, Mr. And Mrs. Weber circa 1863. Yep. Put that in a time capsule. Yep. Uh, okay. So now third date. Now he's leaving Virginia beach and he's going to, I can't remember. I got a Knoxville, right? Knoxville would make sense. Travel wise. That is correct. October 30th. He's heading to Knoxville. To see Hannah Ann, which is the first date that we saw on the episode. Okay. So you're Peter. You had an excellent first date in Auburn with Madison, the woman you love. You have a roller coaster ride of emotions in Virginia Beach. You don't actually get to meet their family. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Flying. You're taking off. Actually, you might have even been in a car from Virginia Beach to Knoxville, Tennessee. It's rainy. Enter Hannah Ann. Mm -hmm. They're happy to see each other. And one of the first things that Hannah Ann tells Peter is that her dad is in the lumber industry. He's actually known as Ranger Rick. Mm -hmm. Same. And and that Hannah wants to make sure that Peter can be considered tough enough for her dad. So she she is going to take him to go axe throwing yeah just, which looks really fun there's some nice gender s- stereotypes all over this yeah part of the day. she wants you know she's like hey my dad's in the lumber industry so why don't we throw some axes at some wood mm-hmm. that'll really impress my dad that he's not even there for yeah which is for the best so bef- at this point i mean it's fun it looks great i guess he got an axe on the wood he did he got a bullseye. He got a bullseye. He did what he was supposed to do. I have it no was, idea how many times. It actually looks like a fun time. There is an axe throwing place here um, locally near Boston. Yep. And it is really fun. It's, I've never it, been. It scares me to be around people who are drinking and doing it. You know, I'm just a little bit nervous and cautious about it, but it's it looks like a great time. So when they have a moment together before they're going to go meet her family, uh, Peter wants to share a letter that he wrote for Hannah, mm-hmm. because Hannah, remember, wrote the note to Peter that had a list of all the things she loves about Peter. Mm-hmm. So Hannah does, the, or Peter does the same. Things I love about you. Number one, how intentional you are. Hmm. Where do you get that word from? See, so this is what we first saw, but then now that we know the order of the dates, and yeah. that was something that Madison's dad said about her. Yep. I just, it might have been in his subconscious. I don't know if it was intentional, <laughs> no pun intended, but I don't know if it was intentional that he actually used that word. Right. But it's just something that caught my attention. Yeah, it was a good catch. So he also wrote that you have a name for every dress you've ever worn. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that they are both very clumsy and that they'll be the clumsy two clumsy forever two. and ever. Which might be uh, one of the more charming things that yes, I think I, I can think of on this entire season. Like of all the things, like it's the it, there have been very m- few moments where you think like, oh, they're actually a couple, or they're actually dating, and you mm-hmm. end up in the in the world where it, you as a viewer don't think about the other people, and you're just watching these two. Um, and that was one of the very few moments I felt like that. There was the moment where Madison, a couple of episodes ago, said like, "He's really, he's like, he's pretty cute." Just like something you would you would say to a friend when you first 
meet somebody. Yeah. Um, so that clumsy too, I thought that was a kind of a charming. Yes. Moment. Yeah. So they go to meet Hannah Ann's parents. The dad is. And his sister, right? It, yep. Parents and sister. The dad is pretty standard dad at this point. He just asks if Peter can honestly say that this isn't just a flash in the pan for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah goes off to talk to her sister and she shares Peter's letter with her sister and her sister cries because she's like, oh, you're so happy. This is going to work out for you. This is great. Okay. Hannah's mom asks Peter where their relationship is and Peter at this point tells her that he knows exactly how he feels about Hannah and wants to tell her, but right now the mom is actually the first to know that Peter feels that way because I guess Peter hasn't technically told Hannah Ann right. that he's like falling in love with her. Right. Um, I thought that was interesting, but anyway, Hannah's mom seems semi-supportive. She just says, hey, it's easier for a mother to support their daughter, uh, but it's not so easy for the dad. So pretty standard protocol here, I think. She also, I wrote down um, that Hannah Ann's mom gives Peter a dad cheat code because she was definitely like, you got to be careful with Hannah Ann's father and kind of gave, almost gave him some tips to kind of navigate the conversation, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I thought was, I'd never really seen before. Like, you know, you can... I don't. I can't remember exactly what you said, but it was definitely like here's a little bit of a cheat sheet before you go in to talk to to Hannah Ann's dad, whose name I did not write down. Um, I didn't either. So Hannah Ann's dad, the main message to Peter is, I'd rather you not say <laughs> I love you to her unless you really mean it. And then he repeats himself. Do not. Tell her unless you are serious. And what does Peter do? Well, Peter, first off, says, like, I hear you. I understand. Uh, almost just to placate the dad. Like, uh-huh. Got yes, I will only, if it's in my heart, I will I will tell her. But if not, I won't. And then what does he do? He does what he always does. He goes off and he tells Hannah that her dad told him <laughs> not to tell her he's falling in love with her. Worst don't tell Peter any secrets, people. He is if you ever not meet a Peter, secret keeper. do not tell him anything. He's going to run around and tell everybody. It is yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, he throws Hannah's dad under the bus. Yeah. So he, at that point, does tell Hannah Ann that he's falling in love with her. And Hannah says that she's devoted and that she is fully in this with him. Um, Just, at the end, when they leave... Yep. So, this is where, oh, man, we had to rewind this a couple times. So at this point, we have a pretty good sense that Peter's very into Hannah Ann. He obviously loves her because he was warned not to say it unless he really meant it. By a lumberjack. Yes. Yep. From That's Tennessee. Lumberjacks. <laughs> I get you. And when they're hugging each other goodbye, she says something, I don't know, but Peter whispers to her, say it again. And she says, I'm in love with you. And he says, I love hearing that. And she says, I love you. Yep. So Peter, in his in the moment, says, that's all I've wanted is that validation. I just want someone to want me as badly as I want them. Yep. So now in the context of how we understand where, at what time he visited Hannah Ann, it makes sense, right? Because... He didn't get the validation he wanted from Victoria. That was a kind of a hot mess. 
And are you trying to I'm, play I something have, on your phone? I have, I have that video of him actually saying, I want validation from, from somebody. So here it is. Wanted is that validation. I've said it over and over. I just want someone to want me as badly as I want them. And with hand in hand, I'm feeling that. There you go. So this makes sense. He, he came off, this is off the heels of his Victoria F date, right? Yeah, so right. He's had, that, he's had two rough He's dates. like, finally, I got a good one here who, yep. where I think that the parents are medium okay with me and she really likes me and she's telling me that she loves me and she's not making things difficult. It's perfect. Yep. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that, that's a, uh, a very tough stretch of time for Peter where he wants Madison to say something and she's not saying it. Victoria F. was a nightmare. And, um, and now here he is with a 23 year old who, uh, really likes him, who loves him, who is this, I feel like this season we've had. And she comes from a really good family. Yeah. Yeah. They seem, they seem fine. They, uh, I think again, once the dad is bought in, everything will be fine. Um, yeah. Also interesting. We don't see any, I, I know we only meet two dads. Because uh, Kelsey's stepdad, we meet Kelsey's stepdad. We don't meet anyone in Victoria's family. Not one uh, asking, he did not ask one father for their blessing, which is typically one of those hometown dates. Colton did it, Ari did it. I'm in favor of it going this way. I just thought it was just an omission that has sometimes been like the, the pressure... There's almost always a lot of pressure built up that that it's expected that you would ask the father's permission. Yeah, with with three other women still in the picture. It's strange. It's so strange. Yeah, I, I don't. I never actually understood that part of it because in my mind I thought this is the era of cell phones. You can make a phone call once it gets down to the final person and then just ask them. Yep. It doesn't have to be in person. You can FaceTime with them, whatever. Technology. We're in 2020 now. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that they didn't make that a, like a... Big deal. A big thing. That or that Peter addressed. chose not to. Who knows? So, last but not least, we move on to Des Moines, Iowa to visit Kelsey. And we begin this date at the Somerset Winery, which seems like a really interesting, fun, laid-back way to spend some time. You stomp some grapes in good old Iowa in late October. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, maybe it's not known. I wouldn't have thought there was a vineyard in Iowa. Well, maybe. I mean, there's a vineyard here. There's vineyards everywhere. Yeah. I'm sure there's, it's probably just something to do. Yep. Uh, so there, this was interesting. I actually never had seen this. They're making their own, they end up making their own blend of wine. So like the actual grape stomping was just for show. They didn't do anything with that grape juice. No, or it's used by like whatever they grab they someone else uses those for their wine so they go they have all these they go inside and there's all these beakers of different (laughs) red wines and good science lab word (laughs) yeah good job so there's all these different beakers and they they are tasting different red wines and they're starting to make their own blend of wine I thought I've never, I've been to vineyards a lot and I've never seen this done, but maybe it's just because I don't, I just haven't been to the right type of vineyard. No, it's new to me. It was new to me too. 
Like, how do you know? I would just be like, uh, sure, this Pinot Noir can go mix with this Cabernet. Like, I don't know. And I'm assuming w- that the vineyard is giving them reds that go well together. Yeah, and then how much of, like... You know, you know, you don't want to I have. I would need a formula. Although, knowing what we know about Peter's uh, percentage knowledge, he's, you know, he's like, well, this was put 99% of this one and 1% of this, and it'll be great. And that makes a hole. <laughs> uh, so Peter um, does ask Kelsey how she feels about him, but he asks kind of in a smirky way. So do you remember this scene? It's when... Kelsey's trying to tell Peter something serious and she's like, listen, I regret not telling Peter that I loved him in Peru. Yep. So I'm going to tell him now. So she's building up to telling Peter how she feels about him. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there with his like wine glass and he starts smirking and he's, she's trying to say this and he's like, so how do you feel about me? Yeah. Yeah. And she's I, like, I'm getting to it. Yeah. You brat. Um, so I just, you know, I just thought that was really interesting. I'm like, he needs to hear it so badly. <sighs> I mean, he even says that her heart being as open as it is has been reassuring to him. He needs that reassurance. Yeah, it was on brand. Very yeah. on brand. So according to, I don't know, something I read, production rented a home for... Kelsey's family. I don't know if this is just because they didn't want their home to be on the show or if it could also just be like they live maybe out in the middle of nowhere and maybe they just rented a home closer to like an airport or something. Yeah. Um, and this is where they sit down for dinner and Peter oh my God. tries crab rangoon. He hadn't just, it wasn't just trying it. He had never laid eyes on it, or crab rangoon. Yeah, because he said, "Is that a crab rangoon? Is yeah. that what this is?" <laughs> it was. It was the most. Is this the thing you were talking to me it about? It was the most excited he's been on the entire season. He he like perked up. Are these crab rangoon? Yeah, yeah. He was I, overly excited for the crab rangoon. Yep. Nothing like a good old Iowa crab rangoon, isn't, right? Isn't crab rangoon just like crab and cream cheese? Yeah. Yeah, in like a pa- kind of like a pastry. Yeah. Um, it's setting. like a fried dough with like cream cheese and crab and like some kind of spicy sauce or something. Yeah, I don't like them. I know you probably don't like them either because we're not really uh, cream cheese cream people. cheese people. But I just it was amazing that he had. I I don't know. He lives in L.A. too. It's not like he lives in a city that doesn't have um, like a wide variety of food choices. <laughs> right. I mean, if you yeah. ask most people who are in the food world, like what cities are the, can you get the best food? And they would, LA would be on the top three. And then if you said Asian food, LA would be in the top two. uh, What is Peter doing? Well, Crab Rangoon is not really, it's like an Americanized. That's true. Chinese food staple. So, okay. All we really learn from Kelsey, Kelsey's family talking to Peter um, and Kelsey talking to her family is that, you know, th- there's some concern over the length of time. They're generally supportive, it sounds like. I mean, Kelsey has a really great conversation with her stepdad mm-hmm. where she admits to him that she has told him that she loves him or she's falling in love with him. Um, and that she, one of the things that she likes about him is that he's accepted her negative qualities. So she's, he's, Peter has taken the good and the bad of Kelsey and, 
that's just something that she really appreciates about him. Yep. Um, I can't remember where I, 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 I feel like I wrote this down, but maybe I didn't. There was a moment where she actually says, Kelsey says that if she ends up brokenhearted at the end of this, she'll pick up the pieces and be fine. I'll come home and we'll pick up the pieces. Okay. It was a, you know, like I'll, I'll come home and we'll deal with this together kind of thing, which, um. Because I think there's obviously like the mom. Honest. The mom was a little bit concerned. Like, I just don't want you to be hurt at yep. the end of this. And she's like, "Listen, if that happens, I'll just come home and we'll we'll pick, pick up, up the pieces." pieces. Yep. Of my Adam. broken heart. So, like a, like a country song. Yeah. So that's the order that they were filmed in. Yep. So Kelsey was last, and then. And it was overall, it was like a decent date. I mean. There yeah, wasn't they, really any drama. Family seemed lovely uh, on their, you know, bachelorette interview because I would be surprised at this point if Kelsey wasn't the bachelorette, especially now that she was eliminated in, st- in place of Victoria F. Feels like almost a, we owe you one. Uh, we kind of screwed you over with this whole champagne thing. Like Kelsey has, Kelsey has now become shrapnel or mm-hmm. hit, in in the in all of the producer drama um, that they tried to drum up over the course of and also Peter's stupidity and keeping Victoria F around, so I wouldn't be surprised now if she ends up being Bachelorette or at least gets some heavy consideration after her experience on the show, <laughs> which was good and it was. But I think she's just kind of experienced a lot of nonsense too. Um, so before we wrap up. I did toss out a couple questions on our Instagram. Oh. Well, one specific question. I think we do we, we do want to at least quickly go through some some of the answers that people gave. I asked for theme songs. <clears throat> for each for of the each final of the, four. Each of the final four. Um, and now that Kelsey is gone, we don't need to go over the road ceremony, right? I mean, Kelsey went home. Kelsey went home. Right. Um, so I wrote down, or I... I you know, have a couple here that I thought were worth sharing. Uh, first off, you gonna play little clips? Of I have. Or? I don't. I'm not gonna play any clips except for except for um, one that I had never heard of, and I thought it was a, kind of a good one. And it's it's from my sister. So, um, so first off, my favorite one of all of them was Kelsey's theme song. This is from uh, Danimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Danimal. Champagne Supernova by Oasis as the Kelsey theme song um, is is spot on. It's perfect. Um, Victoria, Victoria, so you had, I liked yours the best out of the ones I heard. Uh, Liability by Lord. Yes, uh, it was a good oh one. You forgot. God, you, you forgot you did that. Yeah, I forgot. Um, Madison didn't really have a lot of good ones for Madison. I. I picked Like a Virgin by Madonna. I thought oh. that was... Is that, is that too oh. close to home? <laughs> Which one did I pick for Madison? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember what you picked. I think I picked You Can't Hurry Love. Oh, okay. Can't Hurry Love. Oh, that's a good one. So, Karina sent this one in to us. I've never heard of it. It's for Hannah Ann. It's called I Wish I Were a Princess. It is on YouTube. 
It's by Little Peggy March, who is, I guess, a 16-year-old. This video has got to be from the 50s. Um, it's, it's black amazing. and white. It's black and white. Um, so here's a quick little listen. So that was Korea's choice for Hannah Ann. And after listening to it a few times, I mean, it is a perfect Hannah Ann song. I wish I was a princess. Yeah. It's just great. Uh, so thanks to people who answered on Instagram. You can follow us and uh, answer some of our poll questions. I gave you a little shout out on the on the pod. You got anything else you want to add? Any roses you want to you give out a rose this week? Uh, not, not particularly, no. no. I mean, I'm disappointed with everybody. I'm mostly disappointed with Peter. Yeah, I'm going to take a rose away from Peter. Yeah, I don't think Peter should be giving out any more roses. <laughs> any roses. He should be done. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, I think that's it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll be in Australia, Gold Coast of Australia next week. Yeah, uh, quickly, Victoria's reaction to that was very strange. Wait, she got, wasn't she pumped? She was pumped, but like, you know, very different than the other two girls where she, I don't know, her reaction was just really out there. Was it like, yeah. Yeah. She was like, what? Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um, And she's the oldest of them right now. Victoria F is the oldest of the three remaining. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So wait, is it? Women's tell all after the overnight dates? I believe it will be, next week will be Fantasy Suites. Okay. And then Women Tell All, and then the final. Okay, So we've got three Mondays left, and who knows if they toss in a Tuesday or Wednesday on us, because the drama will be just too much for us to have, you know, only two hours. All right, well, then we'll, we'll theorize more next week, and we'll talk at you later. Yeah, we'll talk at you next week. Thanks, everybody. Good night.